Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. I'm so excited to share that I have something brand new for you. It's a new series empowering you to discover your own version of success. You see, we often view success as a linear path. Most of us were raised to believe that there's only one path. But the path to success looks different for everyone. In fact, at one point in my own journey, my family thought I was failing. And to be honest, I did too. But I wasn't. I was on my way to a life beyond my wildest dreams. And over the coming months, I'll be sharing heart-to-heart conversations with previous students of mine that have also carved their own path to success. To be honest, some of these were recorded last year And I've been keeping them secret until the perfect time, which is right now. My hope for you is that you come to see that you are right where you need to be and that you are not alone. These remarkable women share the struggles they faced along the way. And I'd bet that you've faced a few of the same challenges too. Through their vulnerable stories, you'll gain insight on what it takes to build a business and life you love. And above all, you'll be empowered to create your very own version of success. Welcome to the Photography Business Interview Series. Today, we're speaking with Ashley from Ashley Ice Photography. She's one of those women that is bold, unapologetically honest, and completely and totally herself. She's a wife and a mama of two, balancing all the responsibilities that come along with life and business, just like you and me. Ashley began her career in 2011 in a small town. Her first wedding brought in a few hundred bucks, but today she's traveling the world with a line clients that invest over $9,000. They trust her and her associate team. Yep, you heard me right. Ashley books weddings under her highly trained and uber-talented associate photographers. Talk about a powerhouse of a woman. Her work has been featured on Vogue along with 30 other publications Ashley is a gal that dreams big and takes massive action to making those dreams a reality. Get ready to hear her secrets to building a business, overcoming a small town, closing more deals while consistently increasing offerings and building a team, all while balancing a beautiful life in the mix of it all. Welcome to the show, Ashley. So Ashley, (laughs) welcome to the show. Tell me, where did your career begin And how did you find yourself along this path of documenting weddings? Yes, it is a very funny story. I don't think there's any wedding photographer 
who will ever have this story. I actually never planned on being a wedding photographer. I was going to school for photography and I wanted to work for National Geographic because I wanted to travel the world on someone else's dime. I was from a small town and I wanted to get out and that's like the way that I thought I could get out. Well, I was at a bar actually one (laughs) night and I was with a friend and it was a very warm night. So we were outside hanging out and having a couple drinks and there was this girl down a couple people from us and she was having an absolute breakdown. Remind you, I'm in a very small town, but it did still have a university. But that didn't mean there had like the big city feel of anything. It just happened to have a university for some reason. And having a breakdown, talking to her best friend, and my friend was eavesdropping. It turned out she couldn't find a wedding photographer in this town. And that's where her parents were making her get married. But she was from Denver, Colorado. She's like, I have all these options here, but my parents won't pay for it. My friend being bold told that girl that I was a photographer, even though I've never shot a wedding. I was barely doing family sessions at that time. Introduced us and I was absolutely mortified because I was like, I would never shoot a wedding, like ever. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to deal with that stress, that drama, any of that. But that's also from like Hollywood making you feel like that's how weddings are and brides are bridezillas. Turns out it's not, obviously. That's why we do what we do. It ended up working out and she hired me for 15 hours and paid me $300. I fell in love with the whole entire day, but I think I fell in love with it due to that couple being so sweet. And they had a very high-end wedding for that town that they had it in because, again, they lived in Denver, Colorado. They had very good taste. So I fell in love with that instantly. And I still, to this day, can't believe I only charged them $300 for 15 hours of work. And then I delivered them like 2,000 images completely unedited because back when I started, people didn't do that. They didn't edit the images. <laughs> and they took me $200. I thought that was the best tip of my entire life. But that's how I got started. And then I just kept pushing for that ever since then. And that was like back in 2011. And I think they hired me in 2010. So. It's been 12 years or something like that. Wow. What an incredible beginning. It's almost like it found you. Yes. Randomly at a bar, like a man. (laughs) (laughs) So what were some of like your biggest fears first going into that wedding when you were like, oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing? So Pinterest was becoming very popular then. So of course, my biggest fear was like, how do people do these poses that I'm seeing here, which I wish I could just show you like what my idea inspiration board was for that first wedding. It was pretty bad. But it was like, how do people convince people to do these things? So I had, I still had a flip phone then. It was literally 12 years ago. So I had an iPod instead that I had photos on. And I would show them like, hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And it was getting them to actually do it because I think they thought that was weird that I was showing them other people's pictures to do it. And then my other fear was, how was I going to deliver all these pictures? And I was like, do I give them on a floppy disk or do I give them on a flash drive? Like I had no education and there was like nothing on the internet to tell you like how to give people their pictures, digital format. But I figured out I gave them a flash drive I mailed it to them. Somehow, none of the pictures were on there. I mailed them another flash drive. (laughs) 
that magically had all the pictures on it. I don't know if like the scanning of the package made the flash drive erase the photos, but I hated that. And then I eventually found, I don't know if it was Pixie set then, but I found some other place like this hell start delivering my pictures because that was absolutely <laughs> stressful. <laughs> Man, that can be so overwhelming. Even now, like Devin is my glue to managing all of our equipment and all of our storage and things like that. Even yes. now, I'm like, what are the words? I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. And so to walk me through, like, how did you know from that moment that, okay, I actually am not as scared of weddings as I thought, and I'm going to go for this? So I've always had a tendency to have control of things because I can see how something can be done better and more efficient. I was managing men in their 40s at restaurants by the time I was 20 years old. So with the wedding day, things get out of control very easily. And not very many people have, I'm going to call it a talent, uh, seeing how to fix a situation pretty quickly. And I could, I'd be like, oh, hey, like, let's do it this way. Or no, we're fine. Just constantly like reassuring people that there's time for this. It doesn't have to be done that way. Just figuring out how to do it differently than the plan. Like a plan is a plan and it always has to be changed. So that's when I realized I really like that. Plus taking pretty pictures and seeing people have some of the best memories of their lives was amazing too. I was like taking pictures of animals was never going to beat this. Like I'd rather take pictures of people and they have these pictures forever to look back on. And it made me think I have boxes and boxes and totes of all the pictures from the generations of my own family dating back to people I've actually never met before, but my family's always kept pictures. I love looking back on that. And I was like, that's what I want to give out to the world and out to all these other people too, who would potentially hire me and hopefully inspire someone to be a photographer too. That's amazing. I think that finding purpose in what you do is what fuels me for sure to get up each day and to see meaning behind what we do. And I think, you know, you had that dream originally of traveling and doing the National Geographics. So you felt really secure moving into weddings and letting that go? Or was there this internal battle of kind of going back and forth? And, you know, what were you doing in that time until you felt like your photography business was able to support you financially? How did that transition look for you? So by in the night, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I totally let go of the National Geographic thing. And I also don't like dirty water. And that popped in my head too. And I had the reception. I was like, girl, we don't like getting in lakes. Like you're not going to like shooting for this. I was like, you're right. We're going to do this forever. And then since I was in such a small town, it was actually really hard to get wedding photography jobs there because people just hired the person who did their senior pictures because he was shooting. Oh gosh. I think he was shooting in that town for like 35 plus years oh. and he never would mentor anybody and he never hire anybody from the college even though there was a photography program there and a graphic design and so it was hard I really put myself out there anytime I heard anyone at again mind you I was in college so at the bar or a house party or even if I was serving at a restaurant before I was managing I'd be like oh you guys are engaged I was like can I be your one photographer <laughs> and then I would give them my cute little business card that I made that didn't have a website. I just had a cute Facebook page and I would post on it all the time. I don't know how many weddings I actually booked from 
the first wedding until I moved to Kansas City. I'm going to guess maybe like 24 or 30. That's not very many in that five to six year period. But again, very small town. And there was no way that I knew then how to get to different towns to take pictures for people. There was this old, what is it called? It's kind of like Craigslist, but for small towns, they called it like Next Tech Classifieds. And I had a little little listing. I paid $10 a month to have a business listing. And I thought that was very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could use that for groceries. And I got a lot of inquiries of people, unfortunately, like when you start off really budget, People want you even cheaper, but I even knew my worth then. I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't do it for that. Like, there are costs. And I was always saving up for the next camera or the next lens or a better laptop. Or back then, you would have to actually purchase Lightroom or Photoshop for a few thousand dollars. So it wasn't their wonderful subscription that they have now, which is ten ninety five yeah. a month. <laughs> I totally remember that, purchasing Lightroom and taking the disc home. Couldn't wait to download it. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, I used the college discount as much as I could every time I had to like buy a new Lightroom or Photoshop. And it, it worked out pretty well. Amazon helped with that too sometimes. Yeah, what a journey. Yeah. And so you moved to Kansas City around what year? Moved to Kansas City in 2015. Okay. For about two years, I actually gave up my photography career, not on purpose, but due to the the lack of just having people come in like the I gave up the wedding side I was still shooting families in boudoir and I was doing headshots for people when they needed it for like insurance companies or something but like the wedding part it just like I stopped pursuing that so hard because it just it seemed out of reach for some reason because again I was fighting with not really fighting but I was competing with this guy who just did all the weddings in this small town and then when I moved to Kansas City, I heard of The Knot and Wedding Wire. And then like that just opened up so many doors. I'm like, oh, there's like other ways that brides can find you. And I researched into that. The first year that I lived in Kansas City, I didn't try to book a single wedding because I actually didn't know anything about Kansas City at all. And also the downtown wasn't safe like it is now. So I didn't even go downtown because I was just told not to. And that's actually where the most beautiful locations are, especially every single month. They're renovating some building now. But I spent the first year just figuring out the city, getting to know my boyfriend, now husband. And then almost exactly a year later, I started booking weddings and I booked one per week for six weeks straight. And it was really awesome and amazing. What were you doing to like get that? Was it just the knot in the wire? The knot in the wire, uh, the wedding wire, yes. Mm -hmm. And then. (laughs) <laughs> the wire, yeah. <laughs> there, I know it's called something different now because they have merged together. But yeah, that's what I was using. And I had the highest listing on the knot, which was very pricey. And even like looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, that was still really pricey. I probably could have used that as a better investment to uh, fast track my business a lot more instead of letting another company like market me instead of me doing it myself. That was also before Instagram was super popular for businesses. So I've been around for all of it, it feels like. Yeah, you sure have. And I know the not now, it's not really what it used to be, what you used to could. Just like Instagram, you know, when you post, you used to, everyone would see your posts and now it's, you know, it's a different landscape. And so you were on that that train with the not during a time when it was really awesome to be a part of that. So that's awesome. And so those six, I'm sure, turned into new referrals. And then 
I'm guessing, maybe I shouldn't assume, but tell me, did it just kind of snowball from there? Did you get more referrals? How did you keep the weddings coming in? Yes, it just kept snowballing. Actually, there's this one wedding that I did at one of my first ones I booked. I am still getting referrals from that one wedding, even though I don't post the pictures because obviously I'm, I've improved quite a bit since that one wedding. But they're like, yeah, you did my friend blah, blah, blah's wedding. And yeah. we absolutely loved you. And I still talk highly of you. And I'm like, that is like really nice because I actually haven't talked to them since their wedding night. And I'm glad they're still <laughs> sending people my way. And I'm glad they're also not sharing the price point that they booked me in. <laughs> and then I'll see them at weddings too, which makes it nice. And then the bridesmaids, like over 50% is referrals or they've been a bridesmaid at a wedding, which in a sense is kind of a referral. So yeah, it was a snowball effect, literally. Yeah, that's incredible. Okay, so really quick, we're going to fill in the gap, but just catch me up with where you are today. What does your business look like today? What are your price points at? Are you still in Kansas City? Kind of just give me a rundown of how your business looks today. And then I would love to kind of fill in the gap of between where you were at that point to where you are today. Where I'm at right now is I still am located in the Kansas City area. I do do quite a bit of destination weddings. I try to cap it off at this moment at three, maybe four weddings. And that could be like mixture and going to Europe. But usually I stay stateside because it's a little bit easier on my family. I always want to go to Europe. Don't get me wrong. I do actually have an associate team too. I have four wonderful ladies who work underneath me. Heather and Amber have been with me. Heather for over four years and Amber a little over four years, I think just a couple months shy of Heather. Amber is like, she's me, but in a sense, she can't take weddings just like I do. It's like having me at your wedding, but it's Amber instead. And then Heather is what I like to call for my business, a second lead. It's different than a second shooter. Because again, all my girls work for me. They all know how things are supposed to operate. And you can go to either photographer and they'll be able to help you. She didn't want the lead responsibility. She wanted to show up to weddings and just hang out and have fun and let Amber or I control the day. And then she's there as complete assistance and get anything done that we need to. I book weddings. My associates are at a lower rate due to the fact that it's associates still like to book within the lovely market because I've always loved those type and brides, ones that want to be a smidge more involved, uh, but do still have like a full service planner. Those collections usually start at 55, but they're average by the time they're done planning and booking and adding on stuff. They're ending about $7,000. And then for me, I'm averaging anywhere from nine to 11,000, depending on albums, extras. If they are completely out of state for their destination, it's definitely the 12 plus because of the accommodations and everything that I need. Plus I do actually figure in childcare because I have to bring someone in that's a professional to watch my kids while I'm gone, while my husband can work. And as much as I would like to say I don't have to do that, I have to. That's how I have to run my business. I'm not going to lose money to go someplace else. So that's where the price point is right now for my business. Wow. That is amazing. I feel like for so many people listening, that's the dream. You are <laughs> the dream. So we just need to take a moment of like, <laughs> Congratulations. Celebrating you. I know that you have many more dreams to come, which we'll talk about in a bit. But for now, tell me also, how many weddings are you booking per year right now? I only book 25 weddings per year, and that is with the associates and with me. I like to stop myself at seven weddings because 
my ideal client actually has me very involved in their planning process, even if they have a full service planner that's planning everything. My ideal client want to be influencer status. They do model like models or they can with my assistance. And so they have these ideas that they want to project towards their imagery. And instead of just like showing up on the day and just like hoping I understand without ever meeting and talking with them, I really do understand. So with like type of client being like that, it is a little bit more demanding on my side. And that is my own personal choice. I know there are photographers out there like, oh, nope, I just wait for the planner to send me timeline two weeks before. I was like, oh, looks like you have to add five hours for me to cover that. That's great for some people and it works for some clients, but my clients want to be involved because they want to look a certain way and we achieve that. And then my associates, they operate like the normal spectrum of photographers. They maybe meet with their clients two times besides the engagement session if that was added on. Then we get a planner timeline and I send like, hey, they booked nine hours. This is looking like 14. And also we don't shoot anything over 12 hours without three photographers being there to relieve someone. And so then they just get that email and they choose to book on or not to book on. And that's why people end up booking me more compared to the associates because they want that help the entire time. And their planners actually really do appreciate it. At first, planners are weird about it. But then after the fact, like, okay, I love you. Like, I need you at every wedding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you. I was like, Absolutely. I'm not controlling. I just, I see a vision and I can help you with your timeline to make sure the client gets what they want instead of being disappointed later. Yeah, 100%. Because the planner has a whole different infrastructure of things that they have to think about, all the different moving pieces. And you are just so narrowed in on the photos, the client's desires, and really making that come to life. And so being a photographer that steps in in the beginning and says, hey, what you're telling me you want, this is what that's going to require. So that is a huge value. And I think, honestly, I will tell you, Ashley, I think that that is what separates a photographer that is doing their thing, loving it, serving well, but the true professional. That a true professional is like, this is how it's going to happen. And really digging into that. So you're doing it. So from that moment in Kansas, getting this six weddings, one per week, starting to get those referrals to where you are today. I know that at that point, you likely didn't have a portfolio that reflects what the clients now would be booking. So what are some ways that you went about building your portfolio during those first few years in Kansas? Yes. When I first was in Kansas City, that's like, again, where I found the knot in the wedding wire. So I was able to actually see so many more professionals in my field. And also I was like, oh, Chicago and St. Louis. And I was seeing these things and I struggled for a little bit. And then I had a planner reach out to me like, hey, I'm new. I would love to meet up and see if we can't connect our businesses. And we went out to eat at a restaurant. We were talking and she told me about styled shoots. I was like, what is this? And I was very skeptical at first about it because I was like, people are going to know it's fake. I was like, no one's going to book that. <laughs> Turns out that actually doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I was on board with her and we worked very closely for a couple of years. We did a ton of weddings together. We did almost every style shoot that I put together or she put together as a team. She ended up starting her family and she decided that plating was just not going to be part of her future. So unfortunately, I lost her in my industry, but she's thriving. She's doing great. And that's how I realized how I could show people what I could do. Because even still to this day, 
I have to show potential clients like, oh yeah, I've done that. You just haven't seen me yet because I can't post on Instagram every second. Show them a photo like, oh, yep, done, love you. I'm just like, that's kind of silly because I don't have to have done it before to do it for your wedding. But that really helped me elevate everything. And then also being in a mentorship with you changed a lot of things because any mentorship that I had prior to was all the online things where you never talked to a person. You didn't do the the group calls. You didn't get to hear other people's struggles and actually learn from them as well while taking notes, even if that wasn't your question of the day. And that changed a lot for me too. And that just escalated things very quickly for me, being able to do a one-on, kind of a one-on-one with you, but actually talking to a person who's been doing it. And I wanted to get it to your editing style, your level, understanding the lighting more because I was washed out when you met me, unfortunately. And not, and I mean washed out like lighting, not washed out of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what changed a lot too with that. And that's just what I would suggest for anybody is style shoots and mentorship for sure to escalate your business. That's awesome. I guarantee. I mean, I always have these feelings, you know, because I've talked to tons of photographers and heard many stories But I know that once you start doing editorials, your clients that you have either already booked or the ones that are coming in as new inquiries are often like, I love this post. Like I'm looking for something like this. And it starts to begin that conversation of the things you did at the editorial. Let's make that at my wedding. And then that brings in, because I know even for me, whenever I finally was like documenting real weddings that looked like the editorials or the things I had dreamed of, that was as my artist heart, like I felt fulfilled. Those little, you know, you're looking in the frame and it's like, it's happening, you know, that moment. And then like, you just come alive. So did you start to see that pattern also in your own business and in those conversations? Yes. I started seeing it by the end of 2017, whatever I was shooting for pretend I was getting it in real life. And then once I started my mentorship with you, I don't, you answered tons of probably millions of questions, but I remember asking you a very specific question. How do you get people to pose like that? I am very frustrated that people won't. It probably wasn't verbatim, but you said you will find people who can, and then you post what you want to attract. And then the people who can or want to be posed like that, they will find you. At first, I'm not going to lie. I was like, that doesn't make any sense at all, Marissa. (laughs) And But then I like got off my high horse about being frustrated. I was like, how is she getting like people who can like open their mouth so beautifully? And then I started talking to models and I have a best friend who is a model. And I was asking her a question. She's like, oh, yeah, it's just like, let me show you. We'll find some people with the look that you want. I will help you. She helped me actually learn, teach me how to pose people. And that was really really nice. So I started changing what I was even four years ago to where I am now by again, implementing what I would call. So I went from styled shoots into what I would call now editorials. They are more refined. They weren't random. They're very thought out and they're very regal. And then that's where I am now. And I barely have to do them anymore because I can just tell a client now, like, Hey, we're going to do this at your wedding. They're like, Oh, I love that idea. Thank you. And then yeah. I will just use my own clients now as my inspiration, even if it's just like four new poses or ideas or places around someplace. Like I throw that out there 
And now I get more people who want that. And I just keep doing it back and forth with people. And that's something that I think is really important for other photographers to realize just because you have weddings now that you don't love and you don't want to keep getting, take like five minutes to do exactly what you want in a place where you want to do it and then use that for your marketing. And then you're going to get those clients. And yeah. it helps a lot when you do things like that. Even if it's a barn venue, and we don't like barn venues, let's say, <laughs> take them out to a field that like is hilly or something, have them fall like through the grass. You're going to look like you're in Europe. You're like, oh, yeah, that's so smart. I was like, now you're going to get more weddings that are more fun like that. Yep. So it's like, instead of focusing on the things that you used to see as a limitation and instead looking at the curiosity and playfulness and like what could be possible. Let me dream exactly. a little bit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That is so incredible. I think that that is the thing too that a lot of photographers may get stuck on. It's like this idea of, oh gosh, I'm going to have to do these editorials. And it's this idea of like, when do I stop? And I feel like for where you are, you probably, I know for me, there's definitely this fulfillment in just doing it for myself now. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, you have your clients. So there's that, that piece and you're getting paid to actually be doing what you love, you know? Well, I agree with that. There was one year I did like 40 wow. shoots and that was just too much. I was, But I was trying to connect with so many people. But you're right now I do them like, I like this idea. I want some flowers like that in my portfolio. How do I make it awesome? I spend six months planning it. It's executed. I'm like, yeah, that was a really fun day. I'm so ready for it because I always do them right before my wedding season starts. I'm like, I'm so ready for like, this year. I'm like, I'm so ready for 2022 now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. There's something unique too about doing editorial that's different than with the client. I find where mm-hmm. you're really able to hone in on your skill set, try some things that maybe you wouldn't necessarily with a client, and that just increased confidence, increased ability to showcase that as well. It's something that you can take to the client and bring another level of value to them. So I find that editorials, when you do them and craft them for yourself. If it's genuinely, truly what it reflects for you, like in the end, your portfolio is improved, your soul is improved, and you have greater skill and new ideas to bring to the table. So as you started booking more and more aligned weddings, what were some things that you really started to put into your back pocket to secure those weddings? Were you booking through email alone? Were you doing discovery calls? And what was it that you were finding that your potential clients were like, oh my gosh, I have to have Ashley? when it started really started flowing in, it was everyone had an investment guide that got sent to them first because I was just being open and honest what it was because I didn't want to waste, to be very honest, my time because I was doing so many consults because I had a very unique style even then because I was doing meetings in person if they lived within the Kansas City area. If it wasn't in person, I was doing phone calls, but it made me very nervous because I had a very specific way that I did things in person, which I couldn't do during a phone call. And I wouldn't book a lot of my phone calls, but I could book my in-persons really easily because they got a piece of my um, personality during that time. And they kind of got to see how I operated and worked. And we looked at albums together of inspiration, not albums to sell to them. Obviously, it was a bonus that they bought it that day. And then I transitioned once I started doing my mentorship with you. I did phone calls only and especially figuring out that I may do majority of my weddings in Kansas City, but I would say 80% of my couples actually are not even from Kansas City. Kansas City's became 
a destination place for weddings. I wouldn't say it's like as high as like Europe or California or Florida, but there are over 550 venues within a 50 mile radius and some of the most gorgeous ones that you're going to find because they're in 100 plus year old buildings. So doing the phone calls is very beneficial, especially if they live in New York and I will not see them until the wedding day. So I transitioned to that. And then now I had to stop doing the phone call because people kept asking for Zoom calls because they just want to see the person that they're going to hire. So I do everything now is Zoom unless they just ask for a phone call due to how busy they are. And then the other portion is planners. They just email me information. If I need more, I call them real quick, throw together a proposal. And here's your top dollar. Here's the minimum amount that I would do your wedding for, for your requirements. Because that's the other thing I control everything now as well. If their day is going to probably require 12, I am not even going to bother to show them an eight-hour collection because that's just doing a disservice to them. And I feel like that's lying if I let them buy that and they come back like, okay, well, we actually need 15 hours now and all five of you girls working. I'm like, well, that's going to be a lot more than what you booked. And that I feel like is my fault if I gave them the option to book that eight-hour. Yeah. So my process has changed from providing an investment guide, letting them choose to... I am very much in control and they get two or three options to choose from. And with my honesty of this is the absolute bottom and this would be your top, this is probably where you're going to end up. If you don't want to end up here, you're going to have to make sure you keep communication very open and how we can get everything shot in a 12-hour day compared to a 15-hour day with four people. Yeah, absolutely. I know you'll have clients who come and they'll say, oh, I only need eight hours And that's before you talk to them. And it's like, wait, let's have a discussion. Let me hear all of your desires and being just bold and honest. Like I was saying before, like the photographers who's pursuing, doing their best, serving well, you know, no one's not doing their best. Everyone is doing their best. But the true professional is going to come in and say, okay, this is what that actually is going to look like. And so I love that. And I'm sure that's a part of what makes them feel so comfortable with you and makes them feel like, you know, Ashley or her team is really going to take care of us. So when you're on the phone, is there, or after the phone call, is there anything that you feel like is your magic key sometimes where it really solidifies or helps close the deal? I give out a lot of information to my clients to help them understand a day. I answer questions from them. I have very certain questions I ask them that's actually not about the wedding day. And it helps me get to know them better. And I can kind of see how their personalities are and how they're going to feel about the entire day. I think that helps them a lot be reassured that they're not another number on my books in a sense. And then they also get to already experience my organization. My clients are A-type, whether they're really good at being A-type or they're an unorganized type of A-type, which if you know that person, we all know a person or two like that. And they really appreciate me because I'm being blunt. I'm being honest. I've already given opinions to them and I'm being truthful with them. I'm not beating around the bush. I'm not pretending to be their best friend. I'm being true and honest to who I am as well as helping them. So like if I ask them a question and they're already can't decide, I'm like, hey guys, let's table this for later. I'm going to make a note that we should talk about it later. And that's just during the console. Like I treat everyone like they've already booked with me and that helps them. And everyone leaves the call saying, thank you so much 
we're going to figure out how to hire you and get this in our budget. You've helped us more than anybody else has helped us. Because most people in the wedding world, what they're doing is they're interviewing the client and they're asking them, when did you get proposed to? What do you guys like to do? When's your ceremony time? Like keeping it very, very basic without getting to know the clients and actually being helpful. And when you're hiring anybody in the wedding world, like even a florist, the florist should be like, okay, so in May, you want this flower? Sorry, that's just like, it's not going to work, but I can get you this flower instead. Here's some bouquets like that. Instead, everyone pretends that these things can be possible and then the client's disappointed later on. And I'm being upfront immediately like, okay, yeah, like 10 hours is going to be where you're at. You guys are looking at 14 hours. It's going to take a team of four to do that. Like, oh, okay, can you explain that more? So I think that's a lot of what has to do with it. But again, that's my ideal client. Other people have a client who they will never talk to until the wedding day. And that works for them too. But again, like even my late Como bride, she might have a full service wedding planner, but she is so involved with her pictures. We meet every other week to talk about ideas and how to make it possible. And when she's going to put on her fourth dress or when she's going to put on the second dress for the welcome dinner. So that way we're getting things done, but she's also having an enjoyable experience. I don't yeah. know if I'm driving her planner crazy yet, but <laughs> oh well. <laughs> They'll be happy in the end. They'll be happy in the end. <laughs> That's awesome. Serving with more value up front so that they are just so blown away by what you have to offer before they've even worked with you is absolutely key. I love that. And I think that really comes because like whenever, I'm sure whenever you first started doing weddings or like when you first moved to Kansas, some of the things that you can answer and some of the things that you can project and see the problems beforehand, a lot of that takes that experience and just going through that grinding stone of documenting weddings and, you know, having the opportunity to see in real life what it takes. And so I think that's, again, that true expertise coming forth and shining through on those calls and Sometimes you just can't fake that. And that's the hard thing for, for photographers, you know, especially when they're like, how do I book more weddings? They're like, I'm not closing all the deals. And sometimes it's like, just keep going because the more that you do, the more you're going to grow and the more you're going to have so much more value to give. And even do the consults that you don't want to do because you're going to learn anyways. Yeah. And if they book you or they want to, yeah, you're in another pickle, but you can constantly be learning until you can figure out how you want your business to be and how you want your life to be with your business too. Absolutely. So on those calls, are you guys talking about products? I don't talk about albums during that time because my mentality, I actually don't like to be sold to. That is like my biggest turnoff ever. <laughs> um, I think it's probably because I was in hospitalities pretty much my entire life. My dad always owned restaurants and I had to do a lot of weird things as a kid that wouldn't be very fun for most. So I just say albums are later. And what okay. I actually do is when I deliver their engagement session, I create a 50-page album that they get sent right away to. It's a proof. And they pretty much love it and they have to buy it. I love because, that. And it doesn't take me much time to put it together anymore. Since I went to school first for graphic design and then later changed to photography, it's really fun for me. And plus the way that I document everything, I'm like, oh, it's going to look so good together like this. And then I do the same thing for the wedding album. I put together a 70-page book and they almost always have to buy it. And then I always do the little incentive of, if your parents would like one too, we'll just do it for X amount. I always make it feel like I am helping them because it is an extra cost. And then some clients, 
actually will put the wedding album on the registry and then people will send me money through PayPal. Super weird. Oh. <laughs> I love it. And then, and then I just like, I just mark on an invoice that they're, they've gotten another $20 or $40 or whatever it is that Aunt Susie sent <laughs> over. <laughs> so, because a lot of people put like registries online now and it's like through, I don't know, it's like some company where you can like combine like Pottery Barn and Crate and Barrel and all these places plus like random things too. And that's, they'll just be like, hey, can you make a, a PayPal link for this? So they can donate to our wedding album. Like, sure, I'll do that. That's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So when you deliver, I know, because once they see it, they can't unsee it. And then they start imagining it in their home. And just like, like you said, your experience of like looking at photos of your family, I think that it really starts to tug on those heartstrings. And it's, I mean, like, honestly, it's what they need. It's what they deserve. So it's like, you're just serving them best by showing them what's possible. So what platform do you use to showcase the albums? Is it like a visual, like, can they see the pages turn or is it just like a flat kind of image presentation? It's just flat. I actually just, I use album stomp and then I just send it through proofer. I believe is how you pronounce that. If I'm saying it wrong, my bad. And they just view it that way. And I think from planning their engagement session, doing their engagement session, all the preparation of the wedding day, how I shot on the wedding day, their gallery deliver, even them seeing it so flat like that, they just know it's going to be great. So they just purchase it. And then people are very, very happy once they get that. Yeah. They're like, I'm so glad I did it. Thank you for sending that. Cause I don't, I don't think I ever would have printed them and they're right. They never would have. Like I yeah. still haven't printed my own wedding pictures and don't tell my photographer that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Christmas is around the corner. So I know I, know I need to. <laughs> you will when the time, the time is right. I, 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 I love that. <laughs> it's true. I, that's what I tell other people too. I'm like, I'm a wedding photographer. I haven't even printed my own wedding album. Just do it. Like yeah. if you're on the fence about it, just do it. Just like get it done. <laughs> get it yeah. done. Absolutely. That's incredible. I love that. You make it so easy for them. So seamless. Yes. The the more steps you can take out, the more likely they're going to be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And not every, let's be honest, like not everyone's going to do it, but the people who do it makes it worth for the ones who said, no, we just can't right now. Cause albums are a huge investment. It's like pretty much buying a photographer sometimes all over again. (laughs) So, but the ones who do, it makes it worth it every single time. So, yeah. And I know it's so rewarding too to get it in their hands. And I mean, I know when I get albums, I'm like opening them and like looking at them and just like, it's so like, you know, it's surreal. It's yeah. surreal. It's it's like the finished product and it's special, truly. It is. Sometimes I want to keep my clients' albums like, they don't need this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this I know I'm pretty. <laughs> I always am like feeling like I need to have more than one copy. Every time I get one, I'll like photograph it because I'm like, well, maybe I'll need it for marketing later. That actually reminds me, I have some that I photographed and I haven't used yet. So you just gave me a little something for me to put on my to-do list. <laughs> I haven't I haven't even posted about my own album picture since like 2020. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Don't feel bad. I'm very delighted with that too. <laughs> There's always time. There's always time. So tell me a little more about the associate team, because that's something I think a lot of people you know, especially entrepreneurs. I know for me, myself in the beginning, it was like when I needed to hire a team or even hire one person, I was like, and that's just my personality type. I think as an artist, you know, not all artists are this way, but for me, I'm like, I want to do it and I want to be the one to do it because it's going to be right. 
And if it's not me, I can't control it. And I don't know if it's going to be right. And that was something huge for me to overcome. But what was that like for you to start building that associate team and to start booking? And then in addition to that, I mean, just the thought of like, all right, go fly, like do your thing. And you're not even there. How has that progressed? And how has that process looked for you? So it started off with, I was really tired of hiring second shooters. If we want to like backtrack real quick, I call them second shooters compared to now I call them second leads. So I was hiring random people to be second shooters and they were truly random. And I would choose them though, based off of how beautiful their website was, or if they did have an Instagram feed at that time, because mind you, this was back in, oh gosh, 2017 when I was doing this and I was getting back very terrible images. I'm like, are you purposely shooting bad for me? Like, what is happening? Like, I felt very discouraged. And there were many weddings where I couldn't even like use the groom and groomsmen images. I was like, this is absolutely embarrassing. And it was so frustrating. And I went through so many photographers and I didn't burn any of the bridges. I just said, like, I just didn't hire them again. I just never reached out. I reached out to other people. And I was just so tired of that. I was like, there's a very certain way I do things but I can't be at two places at once either. And I know some photographers can do that or they just skip groom and groomsmen pictures in the morning to be a solo photographer. I also didn't have a luxury. My husband didn't want to be a photographer. That's not his personality. So I couldn't be a husband and wife team. And so I put out a job listing literally on Facebook and saying, I am looking to hire a paid internship. I was like, you will work for me. It is a non-compete, so like you'll have to sign an agreement that you won't shoot any other weddings because I'm literally giving you all my secrets to my business and how it operates and how I shoot in camera settings. And that's Amber saw that within the first six minutes. Wow. Maybe it was sooner than that. She knows because she's still very excited about it to this <laughs> day. And she still is a family photographer, um, but she's like, I always wanted to do weddings, but I didn't want that stress because let's be honest it is a very stressful job and not everyone can do the business side and she was very excited and we've been doing it ever since and it was actually a year and a half of training I would say with Amber we got to know each other I had to actually break some pretty bad habits from her and I'm saying that very nicely because Amber will also if she was here too she'd be like I had some really terrible habits. <laughs> I had to break those habits and show her how to do things. I showed her how to use an expo disc. She fought me on that. We had a lot of building. We definitely hung out as friends too because I wanted a friendship with it because that's what husbands and wives get when they have a team. I didn't want just like another contract worker because that's what they are instead of employees. And we grew together. She actually helped me opened my eyes to this new style that we're at now. She was always doing it. And I was like, stop doing that. Stop doing that. I was like, I don't like that. But she's like, but you follow Marissa. This is the things that she does. I'm like, stop doing that. <laughs> and finally, I stopped saying stop. And I saw the beauty behind like accepting highlights and shadows. And so she's helped me actually grow a lot too. And it's hard to hire someone to let go of things. What Amber does is she goes to engagement shoots and she goes to the weddings and she shoots them, but I still do all the business stuff because 
she still has a full-time job and she has a daughter and I don't put that weight on it. She does come to the meeting so her clients can talk to her if they are wanting a meeting, but it was, it's a lot. The first wedding, I was scared to like let her go. I was like, she shot, I think it was like 20 weddings by the time she had her first wedding. I was just scared because I was like, what if someone does something that she hasn't experienced yet? And she doesn't know how to handle it. And Amber's super sweet and nice and also has always been some type of management role in her professional career. So like, she'll be professional. Like, what if someone's like super mean though? Or what if she didn't bring enough batteries? Like, I freaked out about the smallest things, but now I don't worry about that anymore because she's been with me for so long. And so have all my other girls too. But that was my biggest thing. And I have a lot of people ask me all the time, like, I think I want to have associates. And I tell everybody, you have to give it a year of training. And it's going to be a whole other full-time job. And you're going to lose money because you do need to pay them for their time too. And that's something hard for some people to understand because I think that they should just be doing all these things for free and just coming. And they should be feeling great that someone's thinking about adding them to their team. It's like, no, you need to respect their time and you have to pay them and you will lose money, but it will make you more money as soon as you can let them go. I actually mentored a videography team that is within Kansas City, and they're very, very thankful that they took my advice because now they get to uh, take more weddings as a company, but they actually do way less as an entire team. Wow. which, Which is really nice. It's not for everybody, especially for people who think that they can just like hire someone and then send them out. They have to go to everything because they have to see how you interact with a couple. Because like me, I'm a brand that's like, I'm Ashley Ice. Like when you hire Ashley Ice, you are getting Ashley Ice experience. And Amber is Amber, but she knows how to treat people. She knows what I expect. She knows how to handle situations and from good or bad. So like, Back in the day when we didn't require a planner for a wedding day, she used to think we had to help them, like get them down the aisles. Like, nope, we're going to back off. Like, that's what I would do. I don't want anybody to see that you helped. And then they think they can hire us. And then I show up to the wedding and I'm like, oh no, I'm not helping you get down the aisle. Like, that's not my fault. You didn't get a wedding planner. So obviously we don't deal with things like that anymore, but she knows how to handle situations. So things are always consistent and that takes years and lots of patience. And I think that I'm able to do it so successfully due to my background in hospitality and becoming a manager of a restaurant at the age of 20. And I had to teach men 40 plus years old how to work in the kitchen or college kids who've never had a job before, how to be a server. So I've had a lot of patience to teach people how to do a job. And I learned from my dad because he's owned multiple restaurants at once. When you put the time and energy into one person, even for a week, remember that's time you never get back. Don't just fire them because they upset you like one time or 10 times. Figure out what is going on with them. Talk to them about it. Redirect them. Tell them like, okay, this is what we have to do instead. And then they're going to be a better employee after that. And I did that with Amber. I still have to do it with her all the time. It's like, hey, we're moving this way but I see you're still doing this. And she's like, oh, so sorry. Thank you for reminding me. So I think that helps a lot with that. I think people get frustrated. Like, I've told you five times. Why are you still doing that? Just like Amber, like I, she kept shooting things like, stop doing that. She's like, but I like it. I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll put it in black and white and I'll give it to them for a free little extra. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, oh, I love it. Do it some more. 
I love that. So it sounds like it's a little bit of not only teaching, but almost in a sense together, really yeah. kind of honoring her perspective and looking how you can help her grow in her own artistry, but also kind of setting that, not kind of literally setting that boundary of this is the experience our clients are going to get. And that is most important. There's so much to be said from, or gained, I should say, from that little snippet right there. I mean, I think that it's so true. Patience is one of those things that is required in success, but managing other people, patience and being willing to walk the road with someone, even when they make mistakes again and again, and seeing that there's potential in them versus focusing on like the lack or that one mistake, that one time. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. Do you see yourself growing more in your team or are you ever doing less and them doing more? Or do you just really love how it's going now? What's your perspective and hopes for the future? I'm always open to growing my team. I am just really strict on that no compete. It's not because I don't want anybody not to thrive on their own. It's more of, I have a knack for what I do. And there's a reason why I'm booking the clients that I'm booking at the price point that I'm booking them. And all my girls have that insight. And I've been burned three times in the past where people have opened up a very, very similar wedding photography business after we didn't work out because Amber wasn't my first. She was just the first when I finally put the job posting out. So I'm always willing to grow the team, but it's also very time consuming on me because I actually like to hire people who've never picked up a camera before so they can start off immediately absolutely amazing and I don't have any habits to break. So it makes it a little bit hard. And it's challenging on my end too, because again, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of money that I'm spending because I'm paying them training pay, which is not your typical US standard training. It's what I believe someone should be paid training to learn photography to potentially be on my team. So I would like to, but we'll see how it goes. I love my four that I have right now. My most recent one is Kelsey. She actually started almost a year ago. And I've been posting her pictures like crazy all over my Instagram. And nobody would know that she started only a year ago, like picked up a camera a year ago. So yeah, that's incredible. That's so awesome. I think, you know, before 2018, I really, I actually began my journey in wedding photography. I think a lot of photographers feel like they need a second shoot. And I think it's really awesome to gain that experience, but I'll never forget the first time I was a second shooter and I felt like I did a lot of dirty work. I didn't get to do the fun things. Of course, I was like, you know, 20 years old and a little immature and I wanted to take the photos, you know, (laughs) and, um, but that experience just set in me, like I can do all of this alone. And so I pushed myself and pushed myself to have that. And I had the same experience, you know, when clients were like, but I want a second shooter and I would book that second shooter Every time I was disappointed up until recently, 2018, I started working with one photographer. She's been my main photographer since. And having that one person to train, to have them go with you to the weddings again and again and again, there's something so special about that. And there's so much growth between the two of you to where I'm sure when you're working with them, you can look across the room and there's like, there's an eye contact and you both are like, (laughs) yep, okay, we know what to do. You know, you don't even have to say anything. So that's amazing. 
On the wedding day itself, what are some things that you had to overcome just in your own journey, maybe with associates too, but really like you had mentioned earlier when you're talking about loving the opportunity to manage the day and have a sense of control over the day? What were some things that you had to overcome in your journey of documenting weddings? Yes. So as every photographer who's shot even just one wedding, there could be very dramatic things that happen. And one of the things I learned very, very quickly is don't try to fix those things. Just take a step back and let it unfold. And don't try to rescue anybody. Don't try to rescue the bride. Um, And I'm not like trying to like make it sound like there was like a fist fighter by any means, but like sisters fight or moms and daughters fight and or the bride is severely disappointed in something and you just saying oh no like it looks so great when you really truly believe that but you have to pick up on she doesn't want to hear right now that it truly does look great she wants to have a meltdown you gotta step back you let go of that control you let whatever is happening happen and then once it's a good time be like hey would you like 10 minutes 20 minutes 30 minutes kind of access the the situation of what's going on and how much she needs to like bring it all back together. Cause also guys, they have it very easy. They're just like, okay, cool. Yep. I'll be there. They never have any meltdowns. Yeah. And finding <laughs> something else to do for the 10, 20 or 30 minutes that is not going to cut into the amount of pictures that get back from them is one of the biggest things that I learned in the higher and higher price point that the wedding is in general, not just like what they pay me, but maybe how much money they spent on the wedding. I've noticed sometimes it's a lot of stress on the bride because the mom has set up some expectations and they need some more time to calm down or chill out. And so I always have a backup plan on other things that we could do potentially when something goes wrong because we're always in beautiful venues so we can go do venue details or something. I love that you're able to just have that ability to be flexible and to flow and to really, in a sense, embody your clients to feel their emotions and to be that helping hand, but also kind of allow them to have their own experience without that interruption. So are there moments that you find when you are aware of, okay, this is a time when I actually do need to step in? And what does that look like? Yeah, there. that's like almost, I feel like, every single wedding because they're just like really small things like oh the the veil has a small tear in it because it was the type of veil it was i'm like to be honest honey like we're not gonna notice it photograph show her oh okay yeah you're so right like i'm gonna take it off after the ceremony like yeah it's it's fine it's technically a prop i'm constantly doing things like that to reassure them but like if it's like oh i don't want to stand in the grass because i don't want my dress dirty i'm like then i don't know why we actually picked a park or a garden in your <laughs> moment but i'm like yeah totally we'll just do a whole bunch of pictures with like it looks really great if you hold your dress like this and then we can have mr groom hold the dress for you so i'm constantly doing things like that but it's more of something that is deep within personal that's happening within a family dynamic that it's like don't even try just Literally, like if you're in a hotel suite, just go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Shut that door. Like, <laughs> make yourself unknown because sometimes you will get mama who pulls you in and you're just like, no, hard pass, hard pass today. Like, yeah. <laughs> make yourself scarce and then come back like, oh, I didn't even notice anything happened. Yeah. Good. I'm like, no, we like literally heard all of it, but they never know that. And it makes them feel better too because they could have 
what they feel like is be a bridezilla. But if you're like not there, then you're good. And constantly reassuring them that their expectations of people aren't unrealistic because I have some of the sweetest people in the entire world. Like if I could have their patience and their love and their kindness, like just half of it, I would be a better person. So when some people don't do what's expected of them, a sister or mom or a best friend, and they get a little upset, I do help them with that. And I always just say, I can see it and it's not fair, but we're just going to let it go today. And we'll just stop taking pictures with the bridesmaids now, or I'll have your mom go do a task for me. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. And knowing that prior to also helps. So part of my questionnaire that I send people is just let me know if there's any weird family dynamics so I can kind of figure that out later on the day. So I'm not like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Okay. Yeah, that's so (laughs) smart. And again, not every wedding day is like this. These are maybe twice a year out of 25. Yeah. Yeah, Don't want to scare any new photographers out there. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so true, though. It's like, you know, it may be rare, but even in the smallest sense, there's so many emotions going on and you're that stable rock, if you will, you know, on the day. And it's a gift to be able to be there and be that for someone when that is needed. I know a lot of times in our experiences, like there's a lot of vendors so focused on what they're doing whether it's the planner negotiating and managing all the different vendors and moving parts and checking in with the people who are delivering the furniture and then talking to the people who are sitting at the table. You know, there's just so much happening and photographer is the one person that's there with the client throughout the day and really has the opportunity to feel their emotions. And like you're saying, be a part of it or offer to just kind of sit back and let it happen. And I think the decisions that we make as photographers is really big impact on their overall experience of the day. I think also like when clients look back on the day, they may not even realize sometimes how much of an impact we as photographers play. But at the end of the day, we were the ones there that kind of facilitated an environment of peace or an environment of just allowing. And so taking that job just so seriously It's not just the pictures we take home, but it's the impact that we create on that day itself. So speaking of family, tell me a little bit about what it was like for you. And even now, going against the trajectory, if you will, of this is my career. This is what I love to do. And going after those dreams. How do your your family and friends, what does that dynamic look like for you? Yes. So when I first started my career, let's not even say career, like when I first wanted to be a wedding photographer. Like everyone thought I was super cool, supportive, would refer their friends to me. But that was before I think a lot of people realized how much it was going to take away just from weekends. Like just even when I started and like that one weekend that I couldn't hang out with friends, I did get some backlash for it. And I was like, guys, I'm shooting a wedding on a Saturday. Like weddings are on Saturdays. Like it's not that big of a deal. And as I progressed throughout the years and then I got very popular in the area that I'm at, it became like, I think one year I did like 33 weddings. So that's 33 weekends, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like I didn't do anything because Friday you prep, you rest, Saturday you shoot, Sunday you recover from Friday's function. And it really took a toll on a whole bunch of friendships. When I moved to Kansas City, I actually lost all of my friends and they didn't understand why I had to leave the small town to go pursue what I wanted. Literally lost all of them. It was absolutely 
thing to me, but it was fine because it opened up better doors. And I have some of my bestest friends now, and they're all the ones who also have a, the same type of job, whether it's a photographer, a planner, a florist, like, because we all get it. We understand that we're probably only ever going to see each other the most when we work weddings. And our dinner dates together are the five minutes we scarf down <laughs> at a wedding. <laughs> or when it's, I get hired a lot for destination weddings and it's almost always with one planner and we always fly together and we have like two or three days prior to at this beautiful location. That's when we hang out and we reconnect. It's like, man, I haven't seen you like eight months, but like feels like we saw each other yesterday, but I can't have like normal friends. It's really weird because when I do get a normal friend, they always want to do something on the weekend and they don't understand my weekends are Tuesday and Wednesday. And they're at a job or like they don't want to go do a dinner on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And so like magically like is no longer seen. The two friends that I do have side of the wedding world, they were actually brides and I became friends with them way after the wedding. I got through the business and the professional things and then I reached back out to them and said, I actually really like you. Can we hang out sometime? So they totally get it and they work around how crazy it is and they're totally understanding and then with the family aspect, I still get grief to this day that I haven't been to a single family member's wedding in four and a half years besides my sisters. But my sisters are so supportive. They literally plan their weddings around my opening schedule. <laughs> Once I was featured in Vogue, my family started taking me a little bit more seriously. They saw what Vogue saw finally, even though I was shooting like that prior to, I have a little harder time with my husband's family because they all have what people would consider like a realistic job. So there's still issues with that. They're proud of me in an instance, but they don't understand why we can't like go to Texas in October. It's like, well, honey, <laughs> October is the busiest month for my company um, from meetings to engagement shoots and all the other things. But with my husband's side of the family, they have a really hard time understanding this still to the day. And it just became like people don't invite us to much anymore because they just expect that we can't go without even like asking. I wouldn't say we get like totally taken off of a list, but it's more of like, oh, we didn't know you guys could come. It's like, well, you could have asked or they ask and then they're saying, but it's okay if Ashley can't. She's probably working anyways or she's too busy. And it's not, they say it in a really disrespectful way. And it's like, I bring in income. I'm raising my own children. Like I have a really great job and I'm providing a lot of beautiful memories. But unfortunately, I don't have a realistic job. I'm not a doctor or a lawyer or a nurse or I'm not in insurance. So it seems weird to them. And these are also just unfortunately people who have never invested into family pictures alone and going to weddings. Um, they go to really bougie all the time, but they just don't, they don't see why it should be photo stint that I do it all the time. So it's hard. There's a huge disconnect from it. My husband is my biggest supporter. He's actually the only reason why I quit all the jobs that I had and stopped trying to do restaurant management and told me to do photography and not to worry about it, not to like worry about money coming in or anything like that. He's like, just focus on that, please. Because I can tell that's going to make you way happier. And that's what I want for you. 
And thankfully, again, I booked six weddings within six weeks of starting. I actually never had to like worry about money or anything. So that was really nice. But he was my financial support. I was like, honey, you got this. And he was just my boyfriend then of like four months. So that was really nice. (laughs) You knew he was the one. (laughs) I I, I knew he was the one before even that. But like that just like really made me feel better with my choice in doing this. Yeah. Well, I think the most important question is, how do you feel about your current circumstances with your business, being home with your kids? I'm sure more than most people who do work, the status quo, you know, jobs. I'm sure that there's a sense of being proud of yourself, perhaps. Yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's way different than obviously going to a 40-hour work week. I actually never clock out. I do as much as I can for my family for my kids, for my husband, for myself, but also for my clients all the time. I have really great boundaries, though. I have a very strict schedule of when I do emails, when I edit, when I do calls with any client from consults. And then I'm very strict about when I do engagement sessions, too. And the boundaries may be frustrating to some people, but that's how I stay happy. And that's why I can still serve 25 clients per year, because you also think it's not 25 weddings per year. It's those weddings on top of the engagement sessions, on top of the consults, on top of the meetings for the even the weddings next year that I am taking as well. So it could be potentially 50 or 75 clients I'm talking to in one month. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. But everything's good. I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I would never, ever quit doing this. It's the best feeling in the entire world when you show up to a wedding day all the way when you leave totally but you leave on a high because it was wonderful and you know you did a great job for them and they hug you and they cry when you leave and it just feels great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I believe deep down in my bones that one day your family, they're going to see it even more. And those words are going to come because, you know, when I first started in my own job, my own career, called a job, in my own passion, <laughs> my own uh, playground, if you will, you know, my dad told me you'd have better luck being an actress. And it took a really, really long time for him to come around. And he did, thankfully, before he passed. And, you know, that meant a lot to me. But since then, I've learned, like, it's like I was saying, you know, well, what what's the real question is, you know, you being proud of yourself, because there's no one that will ever be enough. There's no I'm proud, that's enough. But the one that comes from within you, that's the beautiful gift is to realize that I th- I see it in my kids, you know, this desire to be like good enough or to be accepted by like society or like other people. And I'm always reminding them, like, you have to be good enough for yourself. That's all that matters. That's literally it because otherwise you're never going to be good enough. And when you get the one good enough, then it's like you're off to the next. And I know that I know that they're proud of you and you're doing so awesome. But I know that's something that a lot of photographers do face is because it's not the status quo. It's not the normal career. And sometimes it can be hard for people to wrap their head around how it all makes sense. But it is a profitable career choice. It's a beautiful career choice. It's fulfilling and it gives back. I know for me as a mom and you as a mom, you know, like I was hugging my little boy by in the middle of our call, like he's sitting across the table from me. You know, I might be working, but we're together. And that's something that I'll never take for granted. So as we close here, where do you see Ashley Ice Photography going over the next year? And what do you just see in the next five years for yourself? 
within the next year, I really do love teaching and educating photographers. I feel like I have some really, I know I have some really amazing information because the, the three people that I do teach a year, they leave and I can, I watch their business and I know they're excelling and they thank me all the time for just the little bit I gave them. I really want to go forward with that. I think it'd be really great. It would allow me to expand. I also love doing branding photography since I'm able to capture a wedding day so well and help my clients understand what they want. I would like to have a branding photography business where I have one of my shooters who's Kelsey. She loves doing brands. I would love her to actually run that type of my business. Then that way she would actually get what she loves too, because she would love to be a photographer full-time, but for women business owners and doing branding, but I would just own the business and I would kind of give it off to her. And I think that'd be really amazing. And then the next five years, I honestly would love, I would love to just take five weddings a year. And it literally is just from looking at the inquiry and be like, yep, taking that one. Nope, not taking that one. Amber, you can have it. It's going to be super fun. I will cheer you on and just let everyone know just like that I'm not available that day. Like that's what I really want. In five years, I'll have, gosh, Lorelai will be almost eight and then Corbin will be almost seven. And I want to be like vacationing across the world and booking weddings and maybe shooting a random wedding over here because that's where we went. Like I would like that. I want to go back to how I was in college where like I just want to travel the world. I want that, but I want it differently now because I went with kids and a husband and like all of that. Like if I could live like smaller, I would, but I have too much stuff. So I have a giant house. (laughs) That's what I would like in five years as just to constantly be someplace else, but also still having my company and it being very successful. I love that so much. I think that that is truly the dream. I think a lot of people will go into business, whether it is the nine to five type of job or whether it's like an entrepreneurial type job. And there's always this like dream to make money, dream to make a successful business. And then they reach that pinnacle or they reach a certain point where they're like, this was the dream. Oftentimes go past that dream and still come back to what actually really matters most in life. And it's the time with the people that you love most. It's making memories. It's being alive in your life, not asleep at the will to make money. And I think that you're absolutely on the right path. And I think that children are some of the best gifts in life and spouses because it really drills home to you. Like, wait a minute, what am I actually doing all of this for? And where am I going with this business so that in the future, I feel really fulfilled in my life and in my business. And I believe actually that you can have it all and you're right on the right path. So, and you know what? I know that you're going to be a great teacher because you tell it like it is. You are so just forward. Even whenever we were like doing our calls and stuff, like you said, I tell you things. You're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. You know, and I just love that about you. And I think that is such a beautiful characteristic and a boldness, but I think, I see it in you. It just keeps you anchored in like who you are and who you want to be and being bold about that and keep that because that's just going to keep fueling you for the future. So where can people find you so that they continue to follow you in your journey? Of course, I'll include the links, but what would be the best place for them to find you? Maybe your website and your Instagram? Yes, that would be perfect. I'm trying TikTok, but that's just another thing you got to (laughs) do. On top of everything else. (laughs) 
Instagram on my website. I'm pretty sociable on my Instagram. I message people all the time who message me. So I'm not going to be someone who you message and they just like kind of hard it. I actually talk to you and get to know you. So feel free to anybody reach out at any time. I'm here. <laughs> yes, I love it. So you guys go hang out with Ashley on her social platform and check out her website. Cheer her on and leave a comment sharing your love. And before we go, Ashley, what would be some advice to someone who is thinking about beginning a career in photography, or maybe they're just kind of feeling stuck and struggling in their business? My number one thing is definitely find a mentor that is beyond an online program where you watch just videos, like where they have monthly or a weekly group call or session. Even if you don't have time to speak, you can learn from other people and their struggles and it'll excel your business very, very quickly. And the other thing is figure out what type of photographer you want to be and do an editorial or two a year and really show people what you're wanting to do. And some people feel like they don't have the income for that. I suggest to get yourself a business loan, as crazy as that sounds, but do that so you can start off on the right foot with your business and get the clients that you want. And of course, do this after your skill level is where it should be and find the right planner to book with that can help you build this. But those would be like my two things, a mentorship with a person who can actually talk to you and then get yourself an editorial out there that's actually going to bring in your ideal client. I love that. It's amazing advice. And I know like when you started in 2011, a lot of this was not available and we live in a world where mentorships are popular. So it's the time to do it it's for totally sure. totally possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's totally possible. And you just find the the ones that have amazing reviews. I know sometimes it's hard to find those because they're not always on Google, but just just look and see who follows them and look at their comments, maybe on Instagram or TikTok or something. And really then ask other people if you have to and see how they like their and process with that person. I always recommend you. I can only imagine the amount of people I've referred to your program and they always Aww. thank me for that. So, well, you know, I'm so thankful for that, but I always feel that there's something so necessary to say. And that's that you're the one behind the computer. You're the one doing the work. You know, anyone can be handed a blueprint, but not everyone's going to follow it and find their own path. And you did that. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, hey, you get that credit. You know, absolutely. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for joining our show today. This was an amazing conversation and I am so excited for all the beautiful things to come. I see you in those few years from now on the coast of Lake Como, <laughs> sipping a mimosa, if that's what you like or whatever yep. your choice of drink is with <laughs> those kids, head. <laughs> hearing their laughter and just being in the moment with your husband. And I can't wait to see that for you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again for asking me and I can't wait to listen to all the other podcasts that you put out there. They've been great so far. Wow, what a transformative conversation with Ashley that was. Isn't she such a fireball, full of energy, full of personality and full of strong opinions? And that's one thing that I wanna encourage you on today. Wherever you are feeling led, that inner voice that is guiding you, be bold in who you are, stand strong in what you believe, and your dreams will come to life. You don't need everyone around you to believe and to support you. The only thing that matters the most 
is if you believe in your dreams and if you love the life that you are creating, look, life is going to be messy sometimes, but the most beautiful, fulfilling part of life is knowing that you're the one guiding that ship, listening to that still small voice and creating something that is truly yours. I hope that you are feeling inspired today by our conversations with endless inspiration from the idea of having a team of people and building that. Oh boy, whenever I first started, that would have been a nightmare to think about because I am truly the artist that is like a control freak over my art. But it is so beautiful to see her love and her expansion for her team and for her clients. And I hope that you're feeling inspired with new ideas, maybe not as an associate team, but maybe there's other things that you picked up on. Maybe it's the way that she closed the deals. Maybe it's the way that she is looking to transition into focusing on family. Wherever you are in your journey, there was so much gold in this conversation. Head over to Ashley's Instagram, check out her website and cheer her on on her journey. And I'm sure that she'll be cheering you right along as well. Remember, we're all in this together. No matter where you are, you're right where you need to be. And you are always moving one step closer day by day to the dreams that you desire to live out. And it's up to you, only you, to make that a reality. All right, friends, thanks for joining. And until next time, keep on shining and believing in the big things because it is possible. Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.